Welcome back to the third episode of the Hoop Games podcast, titled Number 26. In this episode, we are ranking the all-time number 26 player as of 2020, Charles Barkley. Charles is an all-time favorite of mine, and I know I've said all-time favorite in two straight episodes, but won't be the case for all players, I promise. Stay tuned for next episode to see what I mean. Charles was a unique basketball player listed at 6'6", 250 pounds, although arguably closer to 6'4", without shoes on, rumor has it, and who, quote, looked fat, but could jump out of the gym, end quote, per a line from the book Dream Team, how Michael, Magic, Larry, and Charles in the greatest team of all time, conquered the world and changed the game of basketball forever by Jack McCollum, which we will refer to as Dream Team going forward. This is an outstanding read on the Dream Team and the greats who were a part of it and highly recommend it for basketball fans. Charles Barkley is likely one of those players who, even at the number 26 ranking, was probably better than the total of his career in terms of eye test. He's a good example of the differences between the best player ever versus the best career ever in the GOAT discussions. Charles averaged a double-double in every year of his career except for his rookie season, all the while being one of the most outspoken and somewhat controversial players in history. A few examples of Chuck's most controversial moments. He tried to eat himself out of being drafted by the Sixers, who didn't have a ton of cap space to pay him what he thought he was worth. He once slapped a fan in the face for verbally abusing him. He accidentally spit on an eight-year-old girl at a game, the two would later become friends, he elbowed an Angolan player in the 1992 Olympics that caused some discussions about him getting sent home from those Dream Team Olympics, his I'm not a role model quote, and much more during his career, but also after his career as an analyst for NBA NBA on TNT. A run-through of his career accomplishments, Charles Barkley was the fifth overall pick in an incredible draft class with Michael Jordan, Hakeem Olajuwon, John Stockton, and obviously Barkley himself. He played 16 years in the NBA, averaging 22, 12, 4, 1.5, and 0.8 on 54, 54% shooting. He's the shortest guy ever to lead the league in rebounding at 6'6". Six six. He did so in 1987, averaging 14.6 rebounds per game. He has 23.7 thousand points which is good for 31st all-time across NBA and ABA history. He was an 11-time All-Star, 11-time All-NBA selection, five first teams, five second teams, and one third team. He's one of seven players ever to record 850 blocks and 1,600 steals per basketball reference. That list includes LeBron James, Karl Malone, Michael Jordan, Charles Barkley, Scottie Pippen, and Sean Marion. When you add 20,000 points into that mix, He's only one of five as Scottie Pippen and Sean Marion fall out. He's one of six players in NBA history to have 20,000 points, 10,000 rebounds, and 4,000 assists per NBA.com. The other five are Tim Duncan, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Karl Malone, Kevin Garnett, and Wilt Chamberlain. He's one of 13 players to average 23 and 10 in the playoffs per basketball reference. He was also the leading scorer for the Dream Team in the 1992 Olympics and described by many as a top three player in the world at this time. Coach K was quoted as saying that in the Dream Team book. One Dream Teamer, Christian Leitner, even said that Michael Jordan was the best player on the team at that time, but only by a small margin over Barkley. Take that for what it's worth. He was also the second leading scorer 
in the, in the proclaimed greatest game that nobody saw, the inter-squad scrimmage of the dream team behind only Michael Jordan. Description of his game, Charles Barkley is one of the best rebounders ever, finishing 19th all-time in his career and 5th all-time in offensive rebounds, downhill attacker who would grab a rebound and take it coast to coast and end with an impressive dunk. He had a ton of post moves on the block and could take defenders off the dribble. He did struggle with his shooting, specifically three-point shooting over the course of his career. My personal thoughts on his game, I love Chuck's underdog vibe. He's undersized, maybe overweight, but just a basketball player who, despite the limitations, was able to become an all-time great and very close to a top 15 player ever with a few things going his way. We will hop into the model looking at Barkley's ranking right after this short break. This episode is sponsored by Boxed Up, a rental equipment marketplace connecting renters and owners. Boxed Up makes it easy for you to start a new business, kick off a new hobby, or try out something new. No more renting stuff from people you don't know or driving across town to the big box rental house. Boxed Up has both highly curated kits or a la carte items for those in the know. This podcast is recorded using Boxed Up equipment, and I highly recommend their services, as it's made both the podcasting and video recording process much smoother. For rentals delivered to your door, go to www.tryboxedup.com. Welcome back to the number 26 player of all time, Charles Barkley. At this point, we'll talk through his game model metrics. Player performance points, Charles Barkley ranks 22nd all time on this longevity metric, having played 16 years at a high level. Charles is most often compared to the other great power forwards in league history. Tim Duncan, Dirk Nowinski, Moses Malone, Kevin Garnett, Karl Malone. So we will analyze him through this lens in today's episode, comparing these five against Charles Barkley on the various metrics. Charles totaled 108 player performance points over his career and finds himself last among these greats as he played the least amount of seasons by a minimum of three seasons and in some cases trails some of the players by five seasons. Given his height limitations and his game based more on athletic ability as well as his inability to shoot threes, there's limited surprise here that his career was less likely to extend like some of the others who could still operate with more height or ability to keep defenses honest with floor spacing and shooting ability. Looking at regular season peak, Charles Barkley peaked in 1988 through 1993, winning the MVP in 1993 after an 8.225 scored performance, which is actually his fourth highest scored season, but his team finished with the best record in the NBA that year. He had five of his top six performances during this span and was selected to first or second team each year. This is good for 20th highest peak of all time, helped by winning an MVP and being selected to All-NBA first teams along with 8.5 scored performances. He had a 10-year run with an average of 7.5 in either a first or second All-NBA team in all of them. Looking at PPP per year, Charles ranks 24th in NBA history at 6.8 PPP per year. He only lost 14 player performance points over the course of his 16 years, which means he was quite reliable over his career very durable. His last season accounted for 4.5 of those 14 points when he was age 36. So between the ages of 21 through 35, he was incredibly consistent and durable, playing most of the games and most of the minutes. As pointed out in the book, Who's Better, Who's Best in Basketball, written by Elliot Cobb, Barkley never suffered the big statistical decline like a lot of other players. Chuck's 6.8 PPP per year is right in the middle of the power forward greats pack, with two higher at 7.4 and 7.3, 
and three lower at 6.6, 6.4, and 5.8. For a comparison, through their first 16 seasons, as Charles Barkley only played 16 seasons, those same players were at 7.6, 7.5, 7.2, 7.2, and 6.8. So a few of those players dropped below Chuck on the tail end of their career with their less efficient years, but were above him prior to those years. This is the trade-off of longevity. You play longer, which is impressive in itself, and get to rack up longevity metrics, but your per-year metrics take a hit. Looking at regular season gold, Charles Barkley had 11 All-Stars at half a point each, five first teams at 1.5 points each, five second teams at 1.25 points each, a third team at one point, and one MVP at three points. All totaled, this equals 23.25, which is good for 21st all-time. This is similar in score to Kevin Garnett, Jerry West, and Dolph Shays. Of those other five that we've been comparing him, comparing him to, he is behind four and ahead of one. Charles came very close to winning an, an additional MVP, the 1990 MVP as well, actually winning more first place votes than the MVP winner, Magic Johnson. The book I mentioned earlier, Who's Better, Who's Best, argues that Charles deserved it due to carrying a, quote, ragtag, end quote, bunch which sounds a whole lot like teammate help in the game model, which we will get to here in a bit. In terms of career PER, Barkley ranks 14th all-time in career PER, in line with players like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and just above Tim Duncan and Magic Johnson. He should be safe in the spot for a while. A few players like Chris Paul, James Harden, and Kevin Durant are ahead of him, but could drop below him depending on the end of their, end of their career with the less uh, efficient years coming up. Of those other five, Charles Barkley actually ranks the highest on this metric. Looking at career win shares per 48, Barkley ranks 15th all-time. And he scores similar values to Kevin Durant, Anthony Davis, and ahead of folks like Shaq, Steph Curry, and Tim Duncan. Of those other five we've compared him to, he ranks the highest again, and an impressive feat considering the competition. Looking at star teammate help, Barkley scores 12.75 on star teammate help, an average of 0.8 which is the sixth lowest of the top 27. He's behind only Michael Jordan, LeBron James, Dirk Nowitzki, Hakeem Olajuwon, and Kevin Garnett in terms of least amount of player star teammate help. He had six years with no star teammate help. That's six of his 16 years. A quick run-through of his career teammate help. In his first year, he had Dr. J, Julius Irving, Moses Malone, and Mo Cheeks. The unfortunate side was Dr. J was 35 at the time, and Charles only got one year with Moses Malone before he was traded to the Washington Bullets. Mo Cheeks was an all-star for a few years with Charles, so he did have some star teammate help on Philadelphia with, with Mo Cheeks. The only other all-star he played with during his Sixer era after Mo Cheeks was Hershey Hawkins, who had that honor once during his career. Charles then went to play in Phoenix, where he played with Kevin Johnson and Dan Marley, who were all-stars. This was the best help he had during his prime and, and other players' prime, and did get to the finals once with this team. Later in his career, he played with Hakeem Olajuwon, Clyde Drexler, and Scottie Pippen in Houston. Unfortunately, all were just a bit old at the time. Overall, Barkley had rough timing on teammate help, missing out on playing with all-time legends in the prime of their career. Dr. J, Moses Malone, Hakeem Olajuwon, Clyde Drexler, and Scottie Pippen. And the one time he had prime star teammate help, in their prime, was in Phoenix, and look what he was able to do. He was able to push Jordan's Bulls to a tight six-game series and one John Paxson shot 
away from going to Game 7 in Phoenix with home court. As Cobb stated in his book, quote, Barkley had plenty of talent around him at the wrong time, end quote. A very early summary of teammate help. A good Barkley quote from that same book was, quote, Magic Johnson got to raise the level of James Worthy's game. Michael Jordan got to raise the level of Scottie Pippen's game. But I got to raise the level of Shelton Jones's game, end quote. Barkley himself was getting at the idea that it's much easier to win and help your teammates become great when they have the skill set and potential to reach it. Looking at total teammate help, Charles scores 43.2 total teammate help average, which is 14th of the top 27, right in the middle of the pack. Barkley's second most teammate help was 1992-1993, the year he won MVP and went to the NBA Finals. His most help on a statistical basis was his last season, when he scored a 1.95 as he only played in 20 games. This really shows that Charles Barkley, when surrounded by talent, was able to get his team to deep finals runs. The unfortunate side is we wish we could have seen Charles who had more star teammate help or total teammate help during his career. Maybe he would have got that elusive championship that he was never able to get. Looking at playoff performance points, Barkley ranks 16th all-time in playoff performance points, making the playoffs 13 of his 16 years. The 16th all-time is actually six spots better than a regular season counterpart for longevity metrics. Charles averaged 23 points, 13 rebounds, four assists, 1.6 steals, and one block on 51% shooting in the playoff career. Just an absolute incredible postseason performer. Charles had seven performances, scored over an eight in his career, and he had five straight playoffs between 1991 and 1996, scoring over an 8.1. All of his playoff performances would have been over a 5.5, where he sustained a torn triceps in the first round loss to the Jazz. Playoff peak PPP, Charles Barkley ranks 55th all-time in playoff peak, never winning a championship or finals MVP. His best performances were the finals runs in 1993, and three semi-runs in 1991 and 1995. Playoff PPP per year, Barkley ranks 15th on this metric, given his strong individual performances in the postseason. Looking at playoff PER, Barkley is tied for 12th all-time in playoff PER with Chris Paul, just under Tim Duncan and Kevin Durant, and just above Dirk Nowitzki. Looking at playoff win shares per 48, Barkley is tied for 17th, all-time in playoff win shares per 48, in line with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Tim Duncan, and Steph Curry. His playoff PER and win share per 48 ranks 12th and 17th, while his career regular season PER and regular season win, win shares per 48 was 14th and 15th. So Charles was very consistently a top 15 player in these metrics. Looking at playoff teammate help, Barkley ranks 19th of 27th, with an average help of 28.1 PPP. No real surprise here that Barkley ranks lower on this metric, and this kind of ties out with the eye test. With more help, Barkley could have contended for a championship or two. Looking at ice or individual championships earned, given that Barkley never won a championship, he therefore has no ice value. Same thing for peak ice, because he never won a championship, he therefore has no peak ice. So looking at the game ranking, the rankings as discussed in this episode for Charles Barkley are 22nd, 20th, 24th, 21st, 14th, 15th, 6th, 14th, 16th, 55th, 15th, 12th, 17th, 19th, and then not applicable for both of the ice metrics. You can see that Charles hovers hovers in the top 10 to top 25 range for all of these metrics, and when combined and run through the game model, 
This gives him a final ranking of 26 best player of all time with a perfect player rating of 63.4. Now it's time for the best part of the game model, the what-if scenarios, also known as game model simulations. Because I've given every player in NBA and ABA history a score performance for regular season and playoffs, and then given allocated points based on accolades like MVPs, finals MVPs, all-NBA teams, all-star selections, etc., I'm able to make updates and changes to those to those metrics and see what that does to players' final rankings. So in this episode, we're going to look at Charles Barkley's what-if scenarios. Barkley's biggest what-if is a championship, either winning against that Bulls team in 1993 or winning one with the Houston Rockets later in his career. The first example we'll look at is the, the championship with in 1993 with Phoenix. John Paxson shot in game six with 3.9 seconds left to, go, to take the Suns from up two to the Bulls up one. If Paxson mix, misses that shot, the Bulls and Suns go to a game seven in Phoenix with Charles Barkley on his home court. Credible note about that series, the average score, 106.7 for Phoenix, 106.7 for the Bulls. Incredibly small margin in a series that saw the, the Suns lose three games they lost one game by one, one game by three, and one game by six points. So lost three three games by a total of 10 points on a way to a, a four to two loss. Changing the champion from, from Chicago Bulls to the Phoenix Suns and changing the finals MVP from Michael Jordan to Charles Barkley, assuming they won that championship. Running the simulation through the game model, we see that Charles Barkley's playoff points, playoff peak, BPP per year, Ice and peak ice all increase as his individual performance is improved. As a result of winning this championship and this finals MVP, Charles Barkley would go from 26th all-time, where he currently sits in the game rankings, to 14th all-time due to having a solid due to having a solid peak ice, winning finals MVP, and a championship. The value of a championship for Charles Barkley would have been 12 spots on the all-time list. The second scenario we look at is one we mentioned earlier. What happens if Charles Barkley wins the 1990 MVP instead of Magic Johnson? Updating the MVP from Magic Johnson to Charles Barkley and running through the game model, we see that Barkley goes from 26th all-time to 23rd all-time. That second MVP would have been worth two spots on the all-time list. The third scenario we look at is a combination scenario. Assuming Charles Barkley wins the 1993 Finals and Finals MVP, and the 1990 MVP over Magic Johnson. In this scenario, he jumps from 26th all-time to 13th all-time. So remember, the championship in itself took him from 26th to 14th, and the additional MVP would have taken him one more spot from 14th to 13th all-time. One last one that's an interesting one for Charles Barkley is what happens if he wins a championship later in his career with Houston? where maybe he wasn't the lead guy, Hakeem Olajuwon, Clyde Drexler, Scottie Pippen there, so he's the second, third, fourth guy, whatever it is, and not the lead guy. Where the Rockets lost in game six to a buzzer beater, series winner by John Stockton. Changing the game formula to update it from 1997 Chicago Bulls championship and Michael Jordan finals MVP to a Houston Rockets championship where Hakeem Olajuwon won the finals MVP, we can see that this would take Charles Barkley from 26th all-time to 20th. Now, he still jumps six spots, given he now has a value for ice and peak ice. 
not quite as high as the scenario where he would have been the bus driver in Phoenix. So the all-time rankings, he would have gone from 26th to 20th with this being a, a passenger, so to speak, on the, on the championship, whereas in the bus driver scenario, he would have gone from 26th to 14th. The value of Charles winning a championship as a bus driver versus passenger is about six spots on the all-time list. To recap this episode, Charles Barkley was a truly unique all-time great, defying the traditional mold in both play and personality, and was one of the top two or three best players in the world in the early 1990s. He led the Dream Team in scoring, he won NBA MVP, and pushed Jordan's Bulls to six to a very competitive six-games finals. A few things going his way could have easily landed Chuck in the top 15 all-time, if not top 13. With that, thank you for listening, and be sure to check out number 25 next. 